welcome to the films of women in my life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Nicole. Hello. It's been a while since we've had Nicole on. A couple months. It's been. I think my last recording says October. Yeah, that was uh, two months ago. So, welcome back. Good to have you back. And uh, tonight we're doing The Whale. The Whale is a new film from filmmaker Darren Aronofsky, uh, who has a special place in our hearts because our first date movie was a Darren Aronofsky movie. It was uh, Mother, which uh, is the perfect first date movie, I would say. I think so too. Look at where we ended up. Exactly. It's a good. Uh, it's a rubber test. You'll you'll know right away. Uh, this new film, though, the whale, an obese and reclusive English teacher tries to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter for one last chance at redemption. This stars Brendan Fraser, Sadie Sink, Hong Chow, Ty Simpkins, Samantha Morton, and Sathya Sinharden. It's got a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics, 92 with the audience, 8.1 on IMDb, and a 60% on Metacritic. Does any of that stand out to you as surprising? Um, no, I think it really is user-specific. I don't think that there's two people that are going to get the same thing out of this movie. Um, so I can see why there's such a big discrepancy in numbers across the board. Yeah, um, I can. I can. I see. bet that. Okay. Yeah, I bet that critics are gonna find this way different than just an average film goer. And we will find out which side of that we tend to fall on, the two of us. Uh, if you haven't seen The Way Out, it's in limited release. We actually had to go outside of our usual movie theater chain uh, to see it because uh, they were not showing it yet. So uh, in limited theaters, um, my guess is it'll be on streaming within a couple months. But if you want to see it in theaters, it's uh, out. So check it out before we spoil it. I guess we're going to do that right now. So Brendan Fraser plays Charlie, uh, the obese, reclusive English language professor. He teaches an online uh, online class. He keeps his webcam switched off because he does not want to show his students uh, what he looks like. And uh, to give you the tone of the movie, our opening scene as we are introduced to Charlie, as he gets a knock on the door from uh, a Jehovah's Witness type kid who's going around. Uh, we learn more about him later. Uh, but he is uh, aggressively masturbating to gay porn while suffering a heart attack and trying to read a poem that is sitting next to him. Uh, and the guy has to come in and help him out in his hour of need. Uh, and it's just a, an embarrassing, sad, unfortunate intro to this uh very sweet man who has got a lot of demons and has made many mistakes. And we're going to meet lots of other characters in this movie who are all damaged or broken or hurt in some way. His daughter, Ellie, who uh, he's trying to reconnect with. His uh, uh, nurse, Liz, who we learn more about their relationship as we go along. And uh, we're going to meet the ex-wife, the mother of Ellie, later as well. And, of course, Thomas is the name of the religious Christian missionary who... Uh, who we introduced to in the beginning, and he uh, continues to show up throughout. Most of this movie takes place in Charlie's apartment. couple of small, tiny flashbacks. They go out to his porch, um, but that's really about it. It's mostly in this room with uh, these different characters interacting, and uh, we learn all about their sad lives. So, uh, Nicole, what did you think of The Whale? I think that's really interesting to uh, starting off point here. Um Please excuse my voice, obviously. I'm trying my best to get to not sound like a, I'm dying. Um, like Charlie? <laughs> well, 
What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> no. Um, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that all this is filmed in one setting because it really is. And uh, that just really leans into the sad life that Charlie is living at this time. Um, he is confined to his house. He lives on the second story of an apartment complex. And this man is probably 600 pounds um so he is and he's immobile uh for the most part so this is his life is everything in this apartment and his demons are in this apartment and his sadness is in the apartment like it was very interesting that you know it's all set in this place because we Mm -hmm. need to feel everything that he is feeling during this whole film yeah, it's um, like a, not a terrible apartment. Like it, it, it's, no. it's 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 isolated and it's messy because he is unable to care for it properly. We, like you said, mobility issues. He uh, he kind of has to hobble around with a. Uh, he has to kind of hobble around with a uh, a uh, what's it called a, a, walker. a walker. Yeah, he he gets a wheelchair later on, which is a fun scene. I actually enjoy that scene quite a bit. Um, but yeah, he he's uh, we we get the idea. He's very trapped in this place, and everyone who comes in. I think it's even one of the poems that uh, Sadie Sink writes. This house smells. Uh, this place is disgusting. I hate everyone, or whatever. It's a haiku. It, does, it works out. Yeah, it. and <laughs> the other thing about it too is like, I don't know what time of year this is set in, but every single day it's, it goes over the course of a week. I think every day it's just pouring rain. It is just miserable out, mm. and it really feels like you're trapped in there it feels like i want to get out of this place it probably stinks it's probably <laughs> muggy and sweaty and i don't want to be in there so it makes you know us feel like we're set we're in the scene too so it was a very interesting choice um the movie itself i didn't know what it was going to be about um i think that whatever i saw based on the and it, yeah, I don't know what the previews didn't really allude to much of what this film would be about. So uh, I wasn't sure what to what I was going to be seeing. Um, but it's really a, a very sad story. Very sad life of this man. Um, I liked that it was kind of just a, a, a real life feeling. You know, it didn't it didn't feel fake. This could be any person going through a situation like this and not necessarily even because they're uh, obese <laughs> you know this this feeling could reign true for a lot of different reasons so um very emotional in that way uh i think as we talk more about it going through the scenes and the length of the film and Ooh. stuff like that i think that we'll be able to get more into you know what we thought of it as a whole but uh it's just it's it's a sad it's a sad movie it really is <laughs> it is a sad movie it, it was a lot of tears from me as well as uh, other audience members we could talk about uh, the ending when we get to the end but yeah i i very i really like this a lot i i realized watching this i'm just like and i, I look back at other darren aronofsky movies he just writes really what, or it's not even always his writing. I, he didn't write this one. It was uh, based on a play, and the uh, guy who wrote the play did the screenplay. Uh, maybe it's the way he shoots things. It's all very sympathetic. Every time I watch one of his movies, I feel so terrible for the people on the screen, but in like a way that makes me like 
it makes me tap into my emotions in ways that uh, movies help me do. And he's like the best example of that. Requiem for a Dream with the with the addicts and Black Swan with the perfectionist and the wrestler with the crusty old wrestler trying to make a comeback. Mother with you feel so bad for Jennifer Lawrence's character. His best his best stuff is when I just like I I relate to any of these protagonists. Not necessarily because I have a wrestler or a ballerina or a drug addict or a 600 pound man, but he just taps into the empathy like I am unable to do in my day to day life. And that's, I think that's why his, this and all of his movies really speak to me so well. And I, I, by the end of this, I, and it's not like those, the people around him are always yelling at him and screaming at him. They're upset with him for different reasons, mostly for the same core event, which. Uh, is the somewhat revealed uh, he's a gay man and he had a wife and he had a kid that he left for a another another gay man but we learned that that gay man was a student of his and uh, we learned that he the that man has a relationship with the nurse that takes care of him so we learn all these little bits about the characters going on it's pretty believable like not, not, none of the characters seem like outlandish or crazy they're they're over the top a lot of them because it's you know it's playwriting and then and it's another thing I think I tend to like the play movies like August Osage County is another movie adaptation that has similar reviews as this like kind of mid 60s with critics higher with the audience and it's I don't know what that is but like I just love the people talking well, in the rooms with, uh, Jim Parsons Boys in the Band Oh yeah Boys uh Boys in the Band yeah see that's another movie like I didn't really like I like the second half of that movie I like the second half of that movie where it's the phone calls and they're talking like it's high stakes like talking where the beginning is just kind of meandering. It doesn't do anything where this, the stakes are always on the line here. This guy we are introduced to is having a heart attack. He is on, he is dying in this week. Like he is, he is on the brink of death. He refuses to go to a hospital because he doesn't want to go into debt. Although we find out uh, some more about that later as well. But like it's this just absolutely tapped into all things that I want in a dramatic movie and even melodramatic. He, he, he leans into the melodrama maybe a little bit too much for some people. Um, and I think some people might read the movie's messaging wrong. I think some people might look at this and be like, they're making fun of fat people or they're, they're hurt. They're, you know, being disingenuous They're I think some people were reacting to this. Maybe like I reacted to uncle Frank where it felt not sincere and it felt, uh, it, I, I didn't feel the message land at the end. Like, empathize with this main character because of his struggles or is this movie completely the opposite i feel i totally connected with him and the other hurt people in his life even though they're mean to him yeah because it doesn't feel like theatrics it feels like a normal occurrence that this could be like i mean it does because it feels like a play but I, I what i mean by that is this situation isn't something not feasible in life like this man has a very depressive state for has been in a depressive state for x years and really just let himself go and I'm not saying i am 600 pounds but i can relate to that feeling of uh <laughs> you know not being in control and things like that breaking relationships with your loved ones and making decisions that are perhaps not the best decisions or not handling them properly, mm-hmm. and all those things lead to, can lead to your downfall and lead to your life spiraling, and that's exactly what happened to him. And um, everybody else has to put their life on hold for you. And just as we mentioned with Liz, I mean, it sounds like she 
is, well, she is someone close to him on a personal level, but this is her job. And it takes a toll on you when you're just trying to fulfill your job, but there's this extra part of it that, that interferes. That is someone she cares about, someone she knows and loves, and that could cause her to feel some sort of depression, you know, and, and everything she's been through. Um, we get a whole backstory of the new life church kid and mm-hmm. he's got issues and all of these combining. I think that it tugs on a lot of people in that way where you can relate to somebody in any of these, the, the daughter not having a father growing up and all of a sudden he just pops back in and you see him for the first time and you don't recognize him for mm-hmm. multitude of reasons. Yeah. Um, and she's young and she has every right to, you know, feel disgusted by him and see what has happened to him. And she, he doesn't care about her, but all of a sudden he does. And he's asking her to do these weird prompts. I would be like, what the fuck? I'm not doing this, you know? Uh, so it's sad to see all these different people impacted. But I think he does a really good job of making a lot of different people that watch this impacted. Yeah, and the we haven't talked about really the plotty plot, like what's literally happening. What's literally happening is Sadie Six's character, uh, Ellie, is failing at school. Um, he reaches out, I think because he realizes he's dying, and he's like, this is my last chance uh, to try to reconnect, and says, I have a bunch of money saved up that, uh, because I don't go out, I clearly don't go to the hospital to try to take care of myself. I just squirrel all this money away. It's $120,000 uh, for you. For, you know, your future, whatever you got to use it for, school, uh, just getting your life started, you know, whatever it is. And he's good, but he's basically using it, uh, this essay thing Bribing. as an excuse. It's bribery. Yeah, yeah, he's bri- he bribes her $120,000 so that he can write her essays for her just so that she'll spend time with him. And she is, you know, she is a very prickly character. She's She has a lot of nuance to her, and we can talk about what, how, what we think of the performance and how the character as it's written. But, uh, the, yeah, that's, like, the plotty plot, and then he's, as the week goes on, he gets worse, and then, uh, meanwhile, the kid keeps showing up, uh, Thomas, the religious kid, he keeps showing up because he wants to save Charlie, he feels like his god sent him here for a reason, and then we find out his backstory, he's, he's a runaway, he says he's with this church, but he's not actually with the church, he, he showed up and got into a big fight, took some money, and now he's on the lam, and he's too, he sounds like he comes from a privileged place, but they think he's a failure, and he doesn't want to go back to them, um, and then his character gets more reveals and depth as we go. Uh, we and then the nurse character we can we're kind of in the middle part here. We talk about she and hers relationship with with Charlie uh, before you know she was the nurse presumably was uh, the man that he ran off with who is deceased is her brother. Uh, and he, we learn more about this character that's not there the 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 husband or brother in this case. Uh, and that's kind of what binds them together, and that's what keeps the movie rolling until we get to our climactic moments. But uh, turning to performances, lots of word on Brendan Fraser's performance. Sadie Sink's performance has also gotten praise out of the film festivals it was screened out. Um, a lot of standing ovation. You always hear about, oh, 17-minute standing ovation, and you're like, there's no way they did a 17-minute standing ovation. Then I saw I saw a video of Brendan Fraser standing there, like, bowing, and, like, just, like, trying to be, like, you know, a polite guy, and everyone, and people are literally clapping for minutes, like, that's several crazy. minutes. When I always hear these these things, I'm like, that's got to be an exaggeration, but I think that's, like, a, I think a four- or five-minute video, and people just don't stop clapping, and they just keep clapping and cheering. I'm like, 
is it is everyone aware in the room that they're trying to break like the clapping record or something for a movie? Like, is that what goes on? <laughs> the, is that what goes on at TIFF and Con and all those festivals? Uh, but uh, yeah, what do you think of the performances of our characters? Um, I've I've or actors, I guess. <laughs> I think Brendan Fraser did a fabulous job. I really do. I think he honed in on this character, uh, the feelings he was supposed to portray here, the defeat, the sadness, the um stubbornness and the underlying love for his daughter that he hasn't shown but we can feel that just off this small amount of time you know he hasn't seen her in forever but we know he loves her he's got all this money saved for her and is putting himself at risk of death for her you know he's putting putting her first so i think he really does a great job of that um i my my favorite character in this is liz i think she is a very resilient person it's very tough to take care of someone you love um and in a professional setting you know she might bend the rules a little bit and uh yeah she's a she enables sure. him some very yeah. difficult to be in her situation yes she is a huge enabler but it's what it's what you see on any of those shows about people with that with addiction um mm-hmm there is an enabler and they think they're doing it out of love and it's ending up hurting them. I mean, she's not doing it herself, but she kind of is. She's bringing them the food. Well, that's the thing. So, she literally has to, someone has to do it. He but can't. he's, he's ordering food too. So it's right. He sneaks, her. sneaks one that's out there, the pizza guy, yeah. which is an interesting um, relationship. I actually like what they do with the pizza guy yeah. when we get there. Yeah. It's a shame how it ended though. Cause I don't, I wish that the guy was more forgiving. <laughs> I, 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 I like it for the movie, but yeah, it hurt. Like, it was so sad. Same thing with the Thomas character when we get to his arc. Because, yeah, there's characters that you're like, oh, I just want them to do the right thing. And then it, and then it turns out they're not who you wanted them to be. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I think my least favorite character is Ellie. I don't, fi- don't find I see her <laughs> character that appealing to me. Um, I get it. I can't imagine being a, a child and at her age in her shoes. Um, I, do I think it was acted well? No. And that is probably why I don't like her. I don't think she was very good. Yeah. I think fans of, uh, the Wednesday show on Netflix, I think that those are the kind of people who would like this character, like the, the feisty, spunky, uh, like, like o- over the top kind of mean spirited, uh, character, but in like, but then you realize, oh, but maybe she's doing it all because hurt people hurt people. And like, she's got a heart of gold under there somewhere, but I could see, I could see that, uh, not coming coming working for you yeah um yeah she doesn't she doesn't really uh leave an impact on me other than i i i just don't like her maybe i don't like her as an actress i don't know it's the first thing i've seen her in so she's um, a stranger things the yeah but I I watch that. that yeah so um yeah i i can see why people would give him a 17 minute ovation i mean uh brendan fraser is one of those guys that's like uh oh everybody loves Brendan Fraser. Like the, everybody loves Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah, he kind of is. He's, he's kind of got the Keanu Reeves effect where he, he was popular in like the 90s and early 2000s and then he kind of went away for a bit, like went away like whether he could stop getting roles. We, we you know there's a whole backstory to Brendan Fraser's life and he had a bunch of problems for some time there. Um but I'm glad to see him coming back cuz Yeah. 
Yeah, like I never watched like George of the Ju- I never saw the or maybe I did on TV the George of the Jungle movie he was in and like I never yeah. watched the Mummy movies. Um, so like I I've oh, seen him. I had seen uh, that checks out. Uh, that's your, that's your kind of style. Uh, but like I seen him in like random movies here and there. It's just it's just like one of the guys in it. Uh, and he never stood out to me, but like he was in um he was in a Soderbergh movie recently that he was really really he had a, he was just a side character, but he was really good in that. And this one he is. He is completely transformed compared to anything else I've seen of it. He is absolutely like I, I you forget that that was that that's another guy. Like you forget yeah, that's the I didn't mummy know, guy. I didn't know what he was going to look like or like what it was supposed to be about. I didn't know if we were going to be like watching him engorge himself for two hours. If it was going to be artistic, I don't know. But uh, uh, I think that they and he did a really good job of setting up the scene with our understanding that he was not always like this and all of a sudden, you know, this tragedy happened and you just lose control. It's like somebody that relapses. It's exactly the same thing. And they used a different um, method of showing that it's not a drug addiction. It's a food addiction. And that, that alone just drives a lot more, I think audience, especially in the U S <laughs> probably, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm being honest. I mean, I can speak for myself here uh, of, of that being a, a problem. And that's not really something that's highlighted in, in film like that. I mean, you'll see like Eddie Murphy making fun of fat people in fat suits or something. But yeah, but not, that's like that's the not joke what this is. is he's, he's fat. This is much like more like, right. I, I feel like it's an honest portrayal of someone. Not all, like, again, not all life experience is the same, but I feel like a lot of people who are in this situation, this is a pretty mm-hmm. realistic, honest portrayal. And like, I, I've seen some critics complain that this is a contribute contributes to fat shaming. And I'm like, this is not, this is not fat shaming. This is not just a regular fat guy. This guy is like trying to destroy himself and with with food because he feels guilty and because he feels like a failure. It's. It, I don't think it's fat shaming at all because no. this this guy has a fucking a, a disease that's killing him. He knows it and he's still continuing to kill himself over it. It's not like we're making fun of the fat guy. It's like this. No, this guy is coming has... from two people who are overweight reviewing this film. And <laughs> that is not you, you, this you guy do not is speak dying and he's still not breaks. taking the steps to 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 cancel that. That's not fat shaming, that's fucking killing yourself. Yeah, no, this isn't Lizzo having the time of her life. This is yeah. this is six hundred pound life people on the brink of death. There is a stark difference, <laughs> and this is and yeah, like that's that's just. Do you a- feel like maybe people think it's being glamorized or something? I cannot imagine walking away from this movie believing obesity or is being glamorized. Nor do I think people would walk away from this movie being like fat people are disgusting. I don't think that's obviously not the takeaway. He's a beautiful person on the inside who's made bad choices. But like the whole point of this movie is to empathize, not pity him. Like, yeah, you do feel bad for him and you're like, and you're in a, from a, a typically superior stance. But like at the end of the movie, like I will, like I want him to like make a change and I want him to like do I w- the end of this movie works volume for me and I, I it's telegraphed I think it's a little it's it's obvious but I, it's the right choice like he like he needs to show he needs to like fight for himself fight for himself that's what you just want him to do you want him to fight for himself mm-hmm. and you don't uh, yeah I don't think it, it's it, if you if your takeaway from this movie is that uh, fat people are bullied and they must be some Christ-like figure 
Like that's just I can't I I just can't see that reading of it because it's it's very clear that that's not what is like the, well because you know everybody's got to complain about something well like what because his daughter calls him like his daughter hurls uh, uh, homophobic and fat insults at him is that this movie is a homophobic movie and hates fat people no that's just how people talk and that's a realistic and, portrayal I mean, of people look at the circumstance this girl's been um, yeah this man wronged her him for eight years. Exactly. It's. I mean, it's. I, I don't know if justified's the right word, but it's. It it's, sounds you know. like she's a terror anyway, for based off what her mother says. Yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, what's her name? What's her? She's in. Um, she's in Walking Dead. She's one of the villains, Samantha Morton, uh, who was originally supposed to be the voice of uh, of Samantha and her, which would have been a very weird choice because oh. she's much better at playing these kind of characters. The she's the estranged wife. She's a drinker. She's harsh. Uh, you know, but like, but like all the characters. You, you you want to see something good in them, except for what did you think of Thomas, his character and his Ugh. reveal in her? Because I was so I was again not mad at the movie, mad at the character, so upset about this character. Well, it's hard. He is very he's very cryptic to me. I think that uh, it's hard to say because in the beginning, I mean, the first thing he encounters with this man is him watching gay porn and. You know, he from there he could have been like, "You're a sinner. I'm never looking at this person again." Right. I but, think that's what he was going to do. But the whole point of someone that like him is that they want to try to help someone in that situation because they're not correct to them, right? Whatever. Yeah. Not to get into it more, but sure. um, he keeps coming back, and I think that his, I do think that his ultimate. Ed goal changes once he meets Ellie. I don't think he comes back anymore to show Charlie Christ and things like and save and his savior. I think that he is trying to find purpose in his life again. And when he sees Ellie in this situation where he she hates her dad, and her dad is a very loving person to her, he starts self-reflecting oh my god my dad probably loves me i made a terrible mistake i'm just doing this to find fulfillment i don't fucking care about this and i think he was probably abused at the place he was at and all you know mentally and things so i actually i I like how he turns around and realizes that um you know whatever he did if he can forgive Charlie for watching porn and and Ellie can forgive her dad for what he did. He can forgive his problems. Yeah, I like I like that realization. That scene. So the scene that I'm thinking of that exemplifies it most is I think it's his last scene. Actually, is when he comes back to Charlie. He's like, "Oh, your daughter posted all that shit of me smoking weed, and uh, and uh, I thought it was going to be horrible, but then my parents." Uh, they they said for me to come home. They were gonna forgive me, so it all worked out. And then Brendan Fraser's like proud of his daughter. He's like, my daughter wasn't posting all these things to hurt people. She was she was just trying to help them. But she's that's just she she can't. She's so damaged and prickly that that's the, that's all she can do is do it like that way. And then the scene goes into him finding the Bible of uh, the the ex the ex husband, um, and well, the he's dead got husband. the dead husband. Yeah, um, and he he just he. 
he finds the underlined passage, and the it's a passage that basically says uh, it's something about uh, the, the the temptations of the flesh, blah blah blah. Basically, if you feel like you're gonna be gay, don't act on it because that's a sin. Like that's basically what the passage is saying. And you see Charlie just deflate when he, he says, "Here's this." He's like, "Oh, God, here we go again. Another another someone coming along telling me to pray the gay away." And then he starts egging him on, rolling at him in his wheelchair. I disgust you. You think I'm hideous? And he's talking about all his physical ailments and 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 uh and then finally uh Thomas breaks down and just shouts out, Yes, you're fucking disgusting. Like he just gets so mad. And then that's that's his departure from the movie is he he arcs in his own way, but he arcs to become the the bad person I think he might have always been that we didn't realize. I think he was having a crisis and he came out on the other end realizing the wrong thing. And then now he thinks like, oh, like, like the, I, I just it just sucks. Like it's just another person that like fa- like has has failed Charlie and Charlie has failed them. It's just hard. It's and it's and it's no. It, oh, it just hurts. I hate it. But in a, in yeah. a good way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that if that child really knows what he's doing. <laughs> Um, I mean, he was, he thought he was going to hell and for being addicted to smoking pot. So yeah, who knows really what he, what he has endured, but, um, yeah, uh, he's not, he's not my favorite character either. Uh, but I don't find him, I don't think I find him as offensive as the other, as the daughter in terms of their acting skills. <laughs> oh, you think that like the performances, the Tyson. Yeah, he's of- fine. He's He's dealing with his own thing. I don't think it really pertains as to people, the movie. though. Like, is you think Elliot as a person is Elliot a better person or is Thomas a better person? Well, because Thomas is easier to of, deal. With. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I don't know how much of Ellie's problems are stemmed because she didn't have her father figure. Um, she seems like sounds like she's a terror to her mom too, who does does everything for her. Um, as I guess as much as she can. Um, uh, but she's posted shit on Facebook and she sounds like a horrible child. But she doesn't sound like she's doing that bad in school. Just one class? I can't tell. Is she a liar? Is she just making shit up? Who knows? It's hard to tell people. It's like, when you think about Ellie and Thomas as the two characters, because Thomas is a, in the room, if you're talking to Thomas, he seems like a perfectly fine, nice guy. You know, he's cordial. He's pretty polite. Uh, And then Ellie is not. Ellie is horribly, like, she attacks everyone she sees and just tries to fuck with them. Uh, she's aggressive and, and mean-spirited, but Thomas's reveal is that he thinks Charlie's inherently wrong for being gay, and he needs to stop being gay in order to save himself, and that will be the first step towards his redemption into Christ. And Ellie, though prickly and horrible as she is, ends up helping Thomas return home, uh... Maybe we I, yeah, the, and the, helps her father in the end too. Right. So, like, who is the true good person? Is it the person who's easy to deal with but has underlying hatred, or is it the person who makes everyone miserable but is trying their best? And, I'm not trying tr- to insult you at all, but did you come up with that yourself, or are you reading it, what this movie? I about? that is no, I, I'm not. Re- I thought that I came could, up with I, that, that, that myself. Only be the only thing that this is supposed to mean. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I'm telling you. Darrowski movies they speak to me. They, people people say they're too melodramatic and too. too to this or that i just it's a crime i really think he's one of our best working filmmakers and his his style just fits me like i uh, i just i every time i see something i'm just always everything feels like it's paying off i'm thinking about stuff i want to watch all his stuff again um 
yeah, like that's the, that's like the, a real question. Like, because in day to day life, like some people will be like, oh, it's obvious. Like, if you have hate in your heart, you're bad. And if you are a good person at your core, you know, everything else, you have to try to like work on it. But also, like, you have to be around people all the time. And if I had to be in a room with Ellie or Thomas for you know two hours, I'm picking Thomas. He's easier to deal with. Maybe right. Ellie's the better person at their core, but what does that mean? And like, oh, that's like it, all that all that is is running through my brain as the climax is coming. But before the climax, uh, the pizza de- delivery guy. What did you think of that like little mini relationship? I thought that it was fine. <laughs> um, I wish that Charlie had uh, more courage to show him who he is. You know, I obviously I think that the pizza guy knows that there's something going on. Right. What he might have thought there could have been, I don't know, abusive home or something. But um, I feel bad when we see the look on his face at the end, and yeah. uh, he's just truly disturbed <laughs> by what Charlie looks like, and that's really sad. I, I wish know, it wasn't like that. He just looks at him, and then like he kind of like runs away. Like he like mm-hmm. that's kind. I'm just like. Oh. And I look at Charlie, I'm just like, ah, oh, like, just one, because the driver is the one who tries to start the relationship. He's just like, I'm Dan, by the way, or whatever. And, and he's like, you know, good to, t- good to meet you, Charlie. And he's trying, he's trying. And, uh, you know, and as soon as he sees Charlie, he gets one look at him and just runs. And it's just, yeah, it's um, a shame. It's, but yeah, I don't it know is. if it really, I don't know if he's at the point in his life where it really faces him anymore. I and mean, well, the, his look is just like, ah, just one more one more failure that's what it feels like he's like ah, one more failure a guy guy was talking to me wanted to be my friend and then he looked at me and realized i have a loser and like now he wants nothing to do with me yeah would you think of uh any of the like so like we we the 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 guy who's not there the dead the dead husband or whatever yeah it sounds like, and maybe I missed something, or I I wasn't paying attention right. But he was he was just like a de- depressive person and and killed himself, right? I'm so glad that you asked because I am absolutely lost on what happened to him. I thought he had AIDS. Oh, okay. I think I think the movie, <laughs> and, and at one point, Liz is giving us the speech to Thomas outside. This is like our first scene where it's two characters that aren't Charlie uh, talking, and we we learn the back Liz's backstory that she's the brother and uh, why she ha- she hates the church too for her own reasons. Her parents were involved with it and she never got along with them. She's adopted all all the all the backstory, and um, yeah, I think it sounds like they found him. His body washed up. They assume he killed himself, but like. I don't know what the buildup was. Like, was he just a? Pra- so they said he stopped. But she eating. also said the New Life Church killed my brother. Meaning they shamed him to suicide, or did they kill him themselves? Did they beat him up? Well, yeah, did yeah. They maybe it was the thing? A shame. But they then later on, later on, they were alluding to it was because he was gay, like, and had he was ick, he was sick, he was ill. Did he have I took I took AIDS? sick to me I, mentally. Oh, I never AIDS. Yeah, never I don't fucking know. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so that part wasn't crystal clear, and I, I, I no. uh, okay, good. I wasn't the only one who's a little lost in that. And then also, like, part of his character that this character we don't see was that he he actually liked the church. Like, he actually liked being a part of something bigger. And I think because the church told him being gay was wrong, he was at this conflict with this thing he really believed in. But well, didn't the nat- didn't the father kick him out when they learned he was gay too, or something? The dad something. was the the dad was the main guy, right? Yeah, and they wanted well, yeah, but they tr- they were trying to like fix. I think they knew, and they were trying to like fix him, you know. But yeah. he 
also like the the sister says she's like he loved the church he was the perfect son like he he was always showing up and he was always involved and then he's the one who tends to being gay and shunned and then he you know kills himself yeah i don't know very confusing don't be homophobic is that the big takeaway i think that's the big takeaway from the movie <laughs> or don't be mean to fat people i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean uh, or if you're mean to them enough they will uh take their first step and ascend to heaven uh so do you have any other points before we kind of get to no, i don't think so what how you, this concludes what did you think about the ending I i i think i told you i, I you could t- see it i was weeping like an insane person it clubbed it just kept clubbing me in the face it, it, i you could see it coming you you the music was crescendoing in the way and they literally have him ascend into a light in the sky did you expect that that um essay was hers when she was younger no great great mini twist right because they he's yeah. reading the essay and you just assume it's the boyfriend's and then you find out it's hers and that was the oh man maybe that was actually the beginning point of realizing he 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 really did care all along he never did it wasn't he didn't yes he left his family because he was gay and he wanted to have he fell in love and that's part of his speech at the end he he's like he he was he he fell in love. he just he's so sorry that he had to do it there was no other way to do it other than to hurt him and his mom completely and and then he loses his only person and now he has nothing no wonder that no wonder he's given himself this self-imposed exile oh shit what was my other other question for you um so like yeah like the end yeah the ending like and they set it up good she he's okay he's taking she takes the early on in the movie he's like she's like if you really care about me walk to me walk to me at the at the door and he gets the walker and she's like no not the walker like you yourself and he tries and he tries and he falls and he falls through a table and it's just you know another another sad embarrassment she leaves and at the end he is he perseveres and takes the steps he literally takes steps yep. to her and it you could see it's it's going to kill him like he's he's already about to die He's, he looks terrible, and he has congestive heart failure, and, you know, the nurse even says throughout the movie he's going to be dead in a couple days, in a, within the week or whatever. Um, but, like, it's, and he's, and the poem's going, it's just, it's all, it's, it's all working for me. It's, it's, and it's, and I'm sobbing. I am, I was, like, sobbing. Like, I haven't cried that hard in a movie. I a little bit here. because I felt like I had, I was supposed to. You felt obligated when uh, so yeah, we can talk about. Here's a little theater experience, for everyone. We watched this on a weekday night. It was probably ten, twelve people in the movie theater. Not it was a smaller theater, not full, but you know, people in there. And when the lights came up, I don't. Th- I think everyone in the theater. I mean, I, you know, you said you only cheered up a little bit, but I heard like just like sobbing, just like. Really crying hard. She was, but like so were the other people in that row that weren't with her, like. People were sobbing. Like I haven't heard that much sobbing in a movie, maybe ever. Like, I, like I've cried harder at movies, not much harder. But this, like, this is this might be a top ten crier for me. That ending. Um, but like, it, and I'm just sitting there sobbing my eyes out with all these people sobbing their eyes out, and I'm just like, ha- the audience is right in this one. This is this should be in the '90s. This shouldn't be in the '60s. I just, and maybe you think, maybe you disagree. Maybe you think '60s is perfectly fine for it, but. I, I just like it can't, if when a movie pulls that so much emotion, it doesn't matter if it's telegraphed. It doesn't matter if if uh, so. There's a little bit of clunky writing here and there. The writing's not perfect. There's some funny jokes and stuff in here too that keeps it light from being too depressing. But it, it's because it's not a perfect movie. We pointed out a couple the the, bo- the boyfriend or the husband 
who's dead. Like, there's motivation issues behind all that. But if you're smacking me in the face with that ending, and I can't stop crying, I then you've then you have you have won. You've you have made <laughs> you have made the art you were going for. You 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 did it. Like I you know I can't take it away from that. Okay, great. I have one other question. Yeah. Do you think that um, perhaps it was too on the nose with using Moby Dick and the whale? <laughs> Yeah, maybe it translated better in the play, in the stage play. Um, and the, yeah, again, the, not subtle, not a super subtle. Like when we, we talked about uh, Mother before, like when we talked about that, there's stuff in there that like we thought was just super obvious. Same thing with that, what was the other Alex Garland movie, Men, with all these biblical stuff and like it's just so obvious. And like, oh, yes, yeah. similarly, the whale, Moby Dick... He he's a monster. He's uh, he's self-imposed exile, and then his own sad story with the captain. And I think in the metaphor is supposed to be Sadie Sink's actually the captain, and the whale is obviously Brendan uh, Fraser. But like, it's just it, it it maybe maybe it's too on the nose. Maybe it's too melodramatic. Maybe this is for critics what like this is us is to me, where it's just too sappy to be taken seriously. But. I don't know. It just it speaks to me. It works. It works every time. I Darren Aronofsky. I have not seen two of his movies, which are the two uh, lowest rated, uh, Noah and The Fountain. I think, but every other movie of his I've seen is like, like four, four stars are better. They floor me. Like they, they and this is no exception. This is maybe my second or third favorite movie of his. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It sounds like you're more in the 65 percent crowd. That's, yeah, that's perfectly I'm fine. Put myself there. Okay. Well, having said that, would you recommend the whale? Um. Yeah, I would. I think it's. I think it needs to be seen by a lot of people. <laughs> Do you think most people would at least like it as much as you did? Yeah, I think so. Um. Yeah. yeah I mean, as long as people aren't just, uh, oh, haha, fat guy. You know, I don't know how people are, but like, if you're just watching it thinking that and not realizing what the story is, um then I think you're not going to like it. But if, if you really take a minute and think about it the way we did, I think that you would like it more. Yeah, this is, I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's going to be talked about by me, at least on the, on the top five at the end of the show, Yeah, whether it makes the top five or it's an honorable mention, it'll be, it'll be in there because this is yeah, one of the best movies I've seen of 2022. And, uh, it's been a strong year. I've liked a lot of movies this year, and I haven't even seen as many as I'd liked. We've been so busy. The shows have been sporadic, but ugh, I don't want to take any way away from this movie or the, the year 2022 has been in movies. It's been, I've been very happy with it. So that's two recommends, one love, one like for The Whale. And uh, we got a couple other movies coming up. We're going to do Glass Onion, which was out earlier in November. It's on streaming now, so it's nice and accessible to everybody. And like I said, we got The Draft Show. The draft show. Everyone loves the draft show. We're going to draft yeah. our movie teams and uh, compete on my Instagram, which has been very dormant, but I promise that we'll be back up for the tournament. And uh, then we also have our top five show. Those will be coming in January, so in a couple days here. Uh, in the meantime, if you have anything to recommend to us, you know, January, not as much stuff to watch. We might have some downtime. Uh, Films with the Woman in My Life on Facebook. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Brennan underscore pod host. And you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel where the podcast audio just goes right up there and there's no video. It's just the logo of the show. But if you want to listen on YouTube, you don't have a podcast player. I know some people like 
just use YouTube to listen to stuff. We have a YouTube channel. It's Films with the Women in My Life. Nice and simple. So, uh, that's it for The Whale. Thank you for being on, Nicole. Okay, thanks. Till next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movie. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole Telesio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.